A big thank you to our sponsors this week and my personal friends, Lisa's passion for popcorn. But it ain't your average kind of popcorn. Believe me, I've eaten a good amount of it. And the most exciting thing you need to take away from this ad is that they are giving 35% off when you use the promo code ICU with no spaces. 35% off. Oh, and did I mention it's free shipping if you spend at least 30 bucks. Free shipping, 35% off. Do you have Christmas gifts you need to get? Because now is the time at lisaspassionforpopcorn.com. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 63, When Your Child Takes a Different Path. We're three episodes into our second season now. Probably one of the most common pieces of feedback I hear from fans of the podcast is that they say, I love how real this podcast is, or Julie, I love how real you are. So maybe y'all are going to regret saying that one day because I think it just encourages me to get more and more real as the show goes on. And you say you love it. And real is easy for me. That's the best part is real is like breathing for me. Being professional is important, but it also takes a little more effort. So sometimes I feel like a cop-out that I just get to be me on here, but it's also kind of the best. So I appreciate that feedback. Basically, all of that is to say that usually I record in my office upstairs in our house, but right now I am sprawled out on our sectional in the living room because I feel too lightheaded to walk up the stairs. Both my kids, they had the flu the last couple weeks, but I feel like we should be past that. All I know is that today has been rough, and tonight I am so lightheaded and dizzy and nauseous that I keep grabbing onto things when I walk. So I'm recording on our sectional tonight. So Sweet Handsome Rob brought me my mic down, and it is propped on top of the bowl that I grabbed in case I throw up, because it's Thursday night, and tomorrow is Friday, which means it's podcast time. And usually I try to be a little more ahead of schedule, but that has not been this week, and for good reason. A lot of you know that I love to do public speaking when I have the opportunity. And as I continue to grow in that part of my life, I attended the speaker showcase last night for the Mountain West chapter of NSA or National Speakers Association. And I got to listen to people from all walks of life give these eight minute speeches. And I was blown away by some of these people and their stories and their expertise. Cried a lot, which isn't new, but you know what I mean? It was was just a really cool night. So as a teaser, I just wanted to share that with you because I'm so excited excited to say that I have many people that are going to be coming on the podcast that I was able to listen to speak last night and then ask if they'd be interested in participating on our mission and our podcast here. And they were super excited. So I just want you to know that they are going to take your breath away. So many exciting things coming for the ICU podcast. Instead of a review this week, I'm going to share an ICU story. As a lot of you know, I've been asking listeners to send me stories of times when they are able to observe a situation that really embodies this message of of seeing each other, being present with each other. This is a story that was sent to me. I wanted you to know that because of you, I had a really sweet experience yesterday. I say because of you, because you have inspired me to really work on being more vulnerable and showing up for people even when it is uncomfortable. I hadn't realized that I'm really not good at that until I started listening to your podcast. So this past week, I was sad to hear that a boy from my home neighborhood passed away. He was 10 years younger than me, and it was an unexpected death that has been very hard for his family. It is made even more painful by the fact that he was engaged to be married in just over a week. I sent condolences to the family and said that I would pray for them. I reasoned that I hadn't seen them in a lot of years, and it would be weird for me to just show up now. 
but here's where your words started working on me. I was also thinking a lot of Brene Brown and knowing that at least in this situation, I could show a little more support. So I took a deep breath and drove down to their house. I showed up with nothing but a frozen dinner and felt really, really vulnerable. I had no words. The father opened the door and he was so happy to see me. I gave him a hug and he just crumbled. This is a man who I grew up next door to, but had never seen cry. It was very humbling. I told him I didn't know what to say or how to help, and he said he was just so grateful that I came. He then told me that his wife was at a neighbor's house, a neighbor that happens to be a mother figure to me. So I headed up there to give his wife a hug too. This is where the sweet experience happened. I walked in the door to find a house full of sweet ladies surrounding this grieving mother. They were all working with her to make flower arrangements and other things for the funeral. Most of them were women that I knew well, old church leaders and the mothers of childhood friends. Some don't even live in that neighborhood anymore, but all of them showed up as if it wasn't even a question and put themselves to work. I was able to hug the mother of the boy who passed away, and that was really special. But really, the powerful moment was seeing the way that this little community had come together and just buoyed up this family, and I loved them all so much for it. The daughter, sister of the boy who died, hugged me and wept. She said how nice it was to see me, though she wished it were under different circumstances and that I could have seen her at a better time. I told her I wish that too, but it's okay. I said time passes so fast when things are good, but it's so great to know that we are a community and come back together to support each other at times like this. She seemed grateful for that answer. I know it is a kind of experience that happens all the time. People are always going through trials and struggles, but usually I am standing on the outside sending just good thoughts and vibes from afar. It felt so good to be able to truly show up and tell them how I feel. So thank you for reminding me to be more vulnerable and connect on a deeper level. I don't know why I felt almost prompted to share this with you. I hope that it helps you to know you're making an important impact. And as I was able to I respond to this, this sweet person, uh, it did make an impact on me. It made a huge impact on me. And I feel that now, even just reading that story, how beautiful that is. <laughs> Before we head over to the interview, to give you a little context, Magalie on our podcast today, she is the sister of one of our previous guests, Leandro Cornejo. He was on the podcast just a few episodes ago on episode 59 when I was young and divorced. So that's just kind of a fun connection to make as a listener. Also, for some reason, the audio was a little funky at a few parts in the interview. I'm not sure why. So I just want to clarify a couple things that were part of those audio glitches because I feel like the context just really brings her story to life. So Magalie is going to tell you her story, but what you need to know is that she became pregnant, that she was later married a couple years later, and then she was divorced, and then she remarried once more. Also, she has four children. Her first two are biologically hers, but from separate dads. Then she has a stepdaughter from her husband in her combined marriage now. And then their fourth is a child that is from her and her husband together. I hope that makes sense. That's kind of a quick little crash course for the life of Magalie, and she's gonna go so much more in depth into it. But because of those audio glitches, I just wanted to make sure that I pay credit to her story by making sure you have that context correct. Let's go over to the interview. Welcome yes. to the podcast. Thank you for having me. My name is Magalie. I am 39. <laughs> I just turned 39 and it's hard to say that now. But 39 years old. I am married, have four children. I'm actually in a combined marriage. So I had the two oldest are my stepdaughter and then we have one together, our little boy. And I'm a teacher, fifth grade teacher. I teach at Meadowbrook Elementary in Davis School District. I love it. I love to just be with my family. Like my favorite times are when we get to be together and 
a family vacation. We try to at least have one family vacation a year and it gets harder as your kids get older. I have a 23 year old now, so it's hard to get us all together, but that's probably my favorite time is anytime that we're together somewhere, you know, preferably on a beach. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good hobby. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, any other time just, you know, I work a lot. We go to movies. We, I don't know. We're just, it's just like being know. together. It's just being together. Buddies. I think that's my favorite time. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Will you start by telling us about the path that you took as a teenager? Sure. So when I was 15, I was pregnant at 15 years old. So that's kind of where choosing my own path started, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't want to say that I chose to be pregnant at 15. It just kind of happened. But that was definitely a time that was hard on us as a family, on my parents. That was definitely not the path that they had chosen for me. Their plans were very different for what they wanted for me. But I did become pregnant at 15, had my son when I was 16 years old. And yeah, just being a teen mom and that all that entails on a family, my parents were, after the initial shock, obviously, of having your child being pregnant at 15, they really rallied around me and my family as well. My brother and sister, they were pivotal in my life. They just were great about being there supportive. There was obviously a time where I had to choose what was going to be best. I was 15 years old. I wasn't married. So if I was going to keep this child or if I was going to put him up for adoption and my parents never, they never told me that I should do one thing or the other. They just said, this this is your choice. I remember one thing that my dad said specifically. He said, whatever choice you make, you cannot regret it ever. So he said, if you choose to keep this child, you can't ever regret that. If you choose to put this child up for adoption, you can't ever regret that. So that's going to really be up to you. And I did choose to keep him. I don't think I ever really thought that I could put him up for adoption. I think adoption is amazing. It's great. I did go to some meetings to just kind of help me make that decision. My mom came with me, but I ultimately chose to keep him. I think I was about eight months when I finally told my parents that I was going to keep him. And my dad said, I'm glad because I don't think I could live the rest of my life knowing that there's someone, a member of my family out there. Ultimately, that was the path that I chose. I decided to be a teen mom. My parents, my family was were there. My brother and sister helped me raise him. They have an amazing relationship because of that. My brother was 11. Oh, he was 12 when I had him. I think my sister, she was younger. She was nine. Other things in my life have taken me to my own path of becoming a mom and going to school as a mom. That was hard having to take my child to the nursery there at the school. And I did graduate. Then I got married. I was 21 when I got married, had my second daughter. (laughs) And then my parents by then had moved to Utah. So I, as a divorced now mom with two kids, came to Utah to live with my parents. You know, again, that was kind of the path that I chose. And my parents have always been there, supportive, even though it wasn't really the path that they wanted for me. But that's just the way it it went. Were there any pivotal moments that you can remember in that time where your parents really showed you compassion as a teen mom and then as someone recently divorced, moving Mm -hmm. back in with them? Yeah. So I was thinking about specifically a moment. My mom and I kind of struggled with our relationship. We found out I was pregnant. 
again, just because that was not what she wanted for me. And I'm sure that as a mom now, just thinking about that, I'm sure that was so hard. It's so hard. But I remember specifically a moment when it was a Sunday and we had gone to church and they it was a Mother's Day and they had given all the moms a bouquet of flowers. And I wasn't showing so nobody knew that I was pregnant. It wasn't something that we were out there telling people, oh, my daughter's pregnant. But she had gotten a bouquet of flowers and I remember I was just laying in bed. It was kind of like not a happy time for me. She came in and she had taken a flower from her bouquet and she came to me and she said, this is your first Mother's Day and I want you to have this. And I think that that was a turning point in our relationship where she really did just accept the fact that my daughter's going to be a mom and I need to be there for her. So that was a pivotal moment that I can think of. Also, when I got divorced, my parents just rallied around me. My dad rented a moving truck. He came out to Colorado, helped me load everything up. The only thing I took with me were just like the toys that my kids had and our clothes and them. That's all I wanted. But my dad came to Colorado and just helped me move. And obviously they helped me financially. You know, they helped me to raise my kids. They helped me because I had to obviously had to work and they were there helping me with whatever I needed. So that was definitely compassionate of them to do that, take that on. That's beautiful. Yeah. That Rose's story, I think it made me cry the first time you told me before yeah. we started. It made me cry again. It's yeah. Just, it's beautiful. I hope, I hope that's what I do as a mom. So now that you're a parent mm-hmm. and you've had all of this life experience, had to grow up really fast mm-hmm. and you have your own kids. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you have a blended family you now have the role of a parent and you have to watch your own kids take their own path. What has that been like for you? Well, that hasn't been easy as well. I think realizing that your children have to take their own path and that's now I look back and I'm like, this is why it was so hard for my parents because it is so hard to kind of let your kids take their own path. And my older son definitely has always been one to take his own path. He's always been pretty independent. He was an amazing baby. I think Heavenly Father did that because I was so young, right? I was so Mm -hmm. young having a child and he probably said, I'm going to give her a really good baby so that (laughs) she'll have children again because he really was so great. I always say that we grew up together, me and him, but it was definitely hard when as he got older and kind of started making his own choices and not taking the path that I wanted for him, specifically with our same beliefs, Mm -hmm. our same belief system. I think that's hard for any parent, for any religion that you are is to see your child kind of struggling with what they believe and you feeling like, what do you mean you're struggling? Like, this is what you should believe because this is what I've taught you your whole life. But definitely my son has always been one to let me know, like, no, mom, this is not what I believe in. So you need to accept that. And I, it took me a while to accept that. You know, I told you, I think one of the hardest times as a parent was just a shameful moment as a parent was when he was 15 years old and he told me, no, I'm not going to church. And I said, nope, in this family, Sunday, we go to church together. And my husband and I literally put him in the car, like physically in the car to go with us. And I think back on that time and I'm really ashamed of that. That was the worst thing that I could have done because we didn't have a nice family Sunday at all. We were all mad at each other. He was mad at me. I was mad that he didn't want to come to church with us. It's just really been hard 
to think back on those moments of I should have just listened to him and said, okay, I, I get it. This is not something that you want to do. You don't believe in these things. I'm sad, but you are entitled to feeling how you're feeling. What can I do to help you? I think that would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> a better response of like, what can I do? What can we do as a family to help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. So that was probably a time where I realized that that was not the best thing to do. We struggled for a few more years, just him taking his own path and wanting me to listen to him and hear him. But I wasn't hearing him. I wasn't listening to what he was telling me. Looking back, I'm so proud of him because he was never a hypocrite. He never just did things because he felt like, well... This is what I need to do to kind of show everybody that this is the right thing to do. Because he really did just say, no, I don't believe in this and I'm not going to do it. So I'm really proud of him for that. But it did take me a while. It took someone, one of my leaders in my church to just tell me, all you need to do for your son is love him. That's all. That's all you need to do. No matter what else, nothing else matters. You just need to make sure that he knows that you love him. And I think when I finally heard that, it kind of was a big relief. That's true. All I need to do is love him. When I went to him and I told him that, I think for him, it was also a relief because he felt like maybe he was different. Like I wasn't going to love him as much or the same because he did take his own path. And that really is hurtful to even think back that he would ever think that I didn't love him the same just because he took his own path. One, I'm sure that felt very compassionate for him that you would just let go of the whole church and religious thing and just get to what is most important and mm-hmm. that's our relationship. It's so hard as a parent, right? We want to control everything. <laughs> no. And I'm not I'm not where you're at. I have a four and three-year-old I can control quite a bit and it's still hard for me. So it's I know so I'm going to nice. be in trouble. It's so nice when they're little <laughs> because you really can. I mean, other than like, no, I don't want to wear pink pants or whatever. Right. You know. Or like, mom, don't comb my hair. Yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. that one. I'm like, let's just buzz it all off then. Believe me, those are all easy things <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when they're older and they start making their own choices. It's really hard. Yeah. And they're all different. We have four kids and all of them are so different and we have to parent them so differently. I think that realization also has been liberating, I guess. I don't know if that's the word that I'm looking for. I think as parents, we're like, no, we have to do the same things. And even as a combined family has been hard because we definitely in the beginning did not do that. I wanted to be the same, right? Everything has to be fair and we have to do things the same, but they're all different. So that's not going to work for everybody. It's a little more complicated than that. It is more yeah. complicated than that. I feel like this is a really common experience mm-hmm. to have a kid take a different path, even specifically belief system Yes, among parents that I hear from all the time. And even within my own family, different members taking their own path. We all experience this. So if there's someone listening that's just in the throes of this and is mm-hmm. just having a really hard time with it, watching their kid take a different path than what they wanted for them, what would be your thoughts for them specifically? You need to listen to your kids. I feel like sometimes we feel like we know better. And that's a really valid thing as parents. We do have a lot more experience than they do. But just listening to them because I've learned My son is a lot smarter than I am in a lot of things. And so just really listening to them and talking to them. I think our first reaction is to react instead of just maybe taking it in. Even though what you would want to do is react right away. It's just maybe taking it in. Take a minute. Listen to what they're saying. And then just having honest conversations with your kids is so much better than just reacting and 
putting them physically in a car when that probably (laughs) wasn't the best thing. But listen to your kids. Listen to what they have to say. When I finally did that, I realized that, wow, you're right. You don't believe in the same things that I do, but you have your own beliefs and they're not bad. They're not bad beliefs. They're just different. And we can be different and still have a connection and love each other. Kids these days are going through a lot more than we ever did. And just being really in tune with them and listening to them. And I think if you show them that you're not going to react, they're more likely to come to you and talk to you about the things that they're struggling with. If they feel like my mom's going to listen to me or my dad's going to listen to me, I can go to them and say, you know, I'm struggling with this or this is what's happening and I don't know what to do. I think we all want that, right? It's for our kids to come to us and just letting us help them. I was just thinking that. I'm like, that's really good marriage advice too, yeah. right? Just like, <laughs> for sure. listen first. I think that's harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's another that's episode. Harder. It's harder in a marriage. And yeah, that's another episode for <laughs> second marriages, especially that's had its own challenges. But yeah, I think just really listening before we react. And it's hard. It took me a long time because with my older son, I feel like I reacted all the time. He would tell me something or I would find something out that he had done. The school would call me because he had been in trouble and I just reacted right away instead mm-hmm. of hey, what happened? Can you tell me what happened? Just listening to them. And I think I've gotten better with now my second one that's 18, which has been terrifying, her (laughs) turning 18, because she's also always had a mind of her own and she's definitely taking her own path. But I've seen the difference of she tends to come to me. And I don't know if it's a boy and girl thing. I can't tell, but she has been more willing to come to me and talk to me. And I think I have gotten better about not reacting right away. And I think that's made all the difference. It's just listening to them, really listening to them. That's good advice. It's good advice for me. (laughs) No, it's good advice for me. I think you have such a beautiful story in the full circle of as a teenager, Mm -hmm. making some of your own choices that weren't, you know, they weren't the cookie cutter plan that probably your parents saw for you and having them take you in. And while I know things weren't always perfect, they never are in a family. Them just really having that compassion on you. And then as a parent Mm -hmm. having that empathy because you were that kid. I was, yeah. And now I think it makes you a better mom. I hope so. I mean, (laughs) again, I don't have everything figured out for sure. We still make mistakes every day. I always say it's sad with your first child because it's kind of like they're your guinea pig and you do everything wrong with your first child, it seems like. So if someone can maybe take this and they have a first child and just maybe do things a little bit differently, that would be great because I feel bad because I feel like my other three kids have gotten the better version of me mm-hmm. <laughs> than my older son. And he's he's more resilient, I think, because of it. And again, we've come so far. I, our relationship, I feel like, grows better every day as time goes. He's he's getting older as well. So I think he knows like he's told me the other day we were texting and he's like, we're all just trying to do our best. It's okay. And so he's so wise. He is. He really is. He's one of the wisest people that I know. He just he really is so good about making me feel like, okay, maybe I didn't fail too bad. Maybe God just sends first children with extra angels and blessings. So So it's gonna be rough. I hope so. (laughs) I but again, but then that his story has made him who he is as well, you know, and the things that he's had to go through because of the choices that his mom has made, I think has also made him who he is and more resilient. And he really is so wise. We all say that he's just amazing. 
Well, thank you for bringing your beautiful <laughs> perspective you on the podcast me. today. Thank you so much for having me. I love your you're podcast. Good. It's great. Oh, I tell so everybody good. about it. Oh, like, you're you so need good. to listen to ICU. <laughs> so it's you're great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I know there are so many different listeners who can relate to Magalie's story and supporting a child who is making life-changing different decisions than you as a parent had originally planned for them. So I hope today you take comfort in first, of course, and always that you are not alone and that we are all trying to figure this out together and that the answer is always, always love. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Lisa's Passion for Popcorn. Do not forget 35% off for our listeners specifically by using the promo code ICU, no spaces in there, and free shipping for over $30. Cute Rob is actually sitting right here as I record. And when I said this, he was like, wait, what? Can we use the code? So I think we're ordering popcorn from them as well. Get flavors like pumpkin spice, caramel apple, and Frankenstein mix, and just wait till their Christmas flavors are out and you can try their candy cane white chocolate. Head over to Lisa's passion for popcorn.com. Until next week, my name is Julie Lee and I see you.